Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Bismillah walhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala qala rabbi shahli sadri wa yassir li amri wahlul uqtatan min lisani yafqahu qawli Allahumma zidna ilma All praise and thanks is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Peace and salutations upon Muhammad ibn Abdullah Salawatullahi wa salamuhu alayhi Peace and salutations upon his family, upon his friends And upon all those who try to emulate him until the end of time Alhamdulillah, thumma alhamdulillah We have reached, we will be starting chapter 2 Of the book Riyadh al-Salihin The Gardens of the Righteous And this chapter title is At-Tawbah or in English Repentance and most of us if not all who have heard this word Tawbah someone will tell you make Tawbah seek repentance but what does Tawbah mean what is this concept of Tawbah and in tonight's lesson inshallah we will be looking at repentance we will be looking at and the ahadith in this chapter deals with the subject itself <clears throat> so the word tawbah if one opens the Arabic dictionary or one looks at the Arabic dictionary then it means or it comes from the word taba yatubu so taba he returned yatubu he will return when he returns. So, Taba Yatubu means to return. What does it mean in the Sharia? And this is our main concern. What does the word Tawbah mean in the in the Sharia? And in the Sharia, the word Tawbah, it means returning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's obedience when you were disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Look at an example Someone does something wrong Which is against the sharia Which is against the teachings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala So someone speaks to him He realized that this is haram This is not allowed So what does he do? He stops this action. He returns back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala seeking Allah's forgiveness. Oh Allah, I have sinned. I seek your forgiveness. Please forgive me. I would not return to the sin. This is an example. Well, this is Tawbah in the Sharia. The greatest and most essential Tawbah or repentance is to return back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if a person is disbelieving in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So a person that does not believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, a kafir, the greatest tawbah for him, the greatest repentance for him is to leave that kufr and return to iman, come to enter Islam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, 
kafaru. Say to those who have disbelieved, In yantahu yughfaru lahum ma qad salaf. Say to those who have disbelieved that if they cease from the disbelief, if they stop disbelieving in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they stop believing in the kufr, and they believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, يُغْفَرُ لَهُمْ مَا قَدْ سَلَفْ Then know that the past will be forgiven. So someone who disbelieves in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, a Jew, a Christian, an atheist, a Hindu, a Buddhist, and they were given da'wah, whatever happened, and they saw the reality of Islam. If they stop their disbelief, this verse is explaining, and they enter into the fold of Islam, and they enter and they say that Allah is our Lord, and that Muhammad, peace be upon him, is the final messenger, and we believe in all the messengers, etc., then know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive their past. And this is the mercy of Allah Azza wa Then we find you have repentance from major sins. So a Muslim brother, a Muslim sister, wa na'udhu billah, they fell into the act of zina. Someone was murdered by their hands. They were involved in the riba, in interest. So they too need to repent from these major sins. Then you find the next level is repentance from minor sins. Those sins that yani happens quite regularly, maybe every day, lying, riba, etc. And it is incumbent, it is wajib for the individual to return back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that being that is free from all imperfections. So we return back to Allah azza wa jal and we repent from all our sins. So repentance, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, according to Imam al-Nawawi rahimallahu ta'ala, who is the compiler and the author of Riyadh al-Sadihin, the book that we are studying. He says that there are three conditions for someone to meet before their tawbah is accepted. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shower his blessings upon the imam. But if we carefully observe this, we will find that they are Five conditions and not three. So the Imam has three conditions. He put three conditions down. And the author or the one that explains the sharih of the book, the one that explains the sharh, the explanation of the ahadith, Shaykh Muhammad Salih Al-Thaymin, ta'ala, he says that it, the conditions of tawbah reaches up to five. And now, inshallah, bi'idhnillahi ta'ala, we will look at each of these conditions. As we know, anything in Islam, salah, zakah, fasting in the month of Ramadan, going on hajj, there's certain rulings. 
There are certain observations that one needs to fulfill. And if we do not fulfill this, we do not follow the shurut, we do not follow the arkan, can this ibadah be accepted? For example, salah. He starts salah, but he does not have wudu. He does not face the qibla. That salah won't be accepted. Someone goes on hajj. They don't go to Arafah. They don't slaughter. They don't even put on a haram. But they were in Makkah. Is this hajj accepted or not? No. So you need to understand the conditions. You need to understand the shurut. You need to understand the arkan. And like this, our tawbah as well. There are certain rules and regulations with regards to seeking repentance with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The first one. Sincerity with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this, alhamdulillah, we discussed quite in detail in the previous chapter as well. About ikhlas, about awniyah. And we spoke about sincerity with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as well. The individual should seek Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's face with his repentance so that Allah will forgive him and Allah will pardon his sins. So when you're making tawbah, you will call on the divine names and attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ya Allah, that you are tawwab, you are the one that forgives, so forgive me. You are the one that pardons, so pardon me. Ya Allah, show mercy on me. Ya Allah, forgive me. Ya Allah, forgive me because I've sinned. Call unto the names and the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And He will pardon you and He will forgive you. He should not intend to seek popularity or endear Himself to the people or warding off some harm from the authorities or ruler with His repentance. So because He did something wrong, now He goes on television. And we'll discuss this a bit later. Goes on the radio, goes on the internet, you know. I've killed 20 people and I'udhu billah. I've made zina with so many people. And, and now I'm turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No. Right? This is between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Or if there's another party involved, which you will discuss later and look at the rules regarding that. The point here is that you should not seek people speaking about you. We should not seek that people... Oh, mashallah, how great this person is. Oh, mashallah, look, he's going to Allah. No. We only seek the face of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we work so that we can enter paradise. We can enter Jannah. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he pardons our sins. The second condition is that he should be full of remorse. For his past sins. He should regret that he's fallen or she's fallen into sin. Because a person's feeling very sorry for what he has done indicates that he is truthful with his repentance. But for example, someone he does something wrong. He's fell into the trap of haram. And he seeks repentance 
But this was not sincerely done. Or he does not show remorse. And every single day, whoever he meets, he says, you know, can you remember when we did this and that? Can you remember? And we're going to discuss this more a little bit later. And this shows, this is an indication that he did not ask or he did not have remorse when seeking forgiveness. So he asked Allah to forgive him, Allah forgave him. But he did not seek remorse. And a truthful repentance should show you, it should, will definitely occur that you have certain guilt. That you are guilty of the wrong that you have done. And once you are guilty, once you feel ashamed of the wrong, you won't be speaking about it. And know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He will forgive you. The third condition is that he should refrain from the sin he committed. And this is one of the most important conditions. So someone is involved in drug abuse. And maybe he went to a lecture or he went to the masjid for salah and the imam after the salah to maghrib he spoke. He shared a few words of nasiha and he spoke about tawbah. Spoke about how one needs to return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this brother or this sister listening to the words of the imam. The imam quoting ayat of the Quran, quoting a hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And they want to change their life, they want to make tawbah. But what happens? He makes tawbah, but every single day he's still involved in his drug abuse. He's not left this. And this is why the ulama say that of the conditions, the third condition of tawbah is that one needs to refrain from the sin that you were committing. And staying away from the sin implies that if the sin is neglecting of an obligation desisting from it means to carry out the obligation for example an individual who does not pray salah he does not pay his zakah but he wants to repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so for him it is necessary to pay the previous zakahs back but he needs to now pay his zakah. He needs to now make salah. Because this is an obligation that he was neglecting. Whereas sin, for example, using drugs, committing zina, drinking alcohol, etc., listening to music, not wearing the hijab. Okay, leave the hijab part out. Explain this afterwards. But <coughs> because obviously, Refraining from the sin meanings is that she will need to wear the hijab. But we're speaking about things that are outright haram. Like the drugs, the alcohol, etc. So for their tawbah to be accepted, for their tawbah to come into the third condition is that they will need to leave off these actions. As for salah, zakah, sawm in the month of Ramadan, etc. Your Refraining from this sin will mean that you will need to do these actions. 
You cannot say, oh no, I'm not been making salah, so now I made tawbah, now I don't need to make salah for the rest of my life. No, now you need to make salah. You see the difference? Sheikh then gives an example, if, rahimallahu ta'ala, if an individual is failing regarding kindness to his parents, then it is wajib to show kindness to them. وَقَضَى رَبُّكَ أَلَّا تَعْبُدُوا إِلَّا إِيَّاهُ وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Bani Israel, He speaks and He says, وَقَضَى رَبُّكَ That you are obliged, it is commanded on you. وَقَضَى رَبُّكَ أَلَّا تَعْبُدُوا إِلَّا إِيَّاهُ That you worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then immediately in the same verse, Allah says, and that you be kind to your parents. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in three or four places in the Quran he mentions being kind to our parents and we ask Allah azza wa jal to make us of those that are obedient to our parents that we care about them, we honor them and if your parents have passed away give sadaqah on their behalf contribute to building of a masjid on their behalf Build a well point in an area that needs water. Make dua for your parents. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive them. This is all under the bab of kindness for those that have passed away. For those that are here, obviously look after them. Care about them. To speak well to them. And it is compulsory for him to show kindness to them as the Sheikh mentioned. Likewise, if a person is neglecting family ties, connecting the ties of kingship, then it is wajib for him to go back and mend these ties. And this, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, is a topic on its own. Joining family ties. Sometimes we forget That the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he came and he taught us to join families together. Silatul Rahim. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he mentions and he says in the hadith, Afshu salam wa alt'imu ta'am wa silul arham wa kum bil layli wa nasin niyam. The Prophet wasallam he said, spread peace. Greet one another. He says, Afshu salam wa ta'am. And he says, feed the poor. Give food to the poor. And wasilul arham. And join family ties. Don't cut them. No, my uncle conned my father out of the business. That's between your father and your uncle. It has nothing to do with you. You go visit your uncle. You greet your uncle. Take a small chocolate. A liter of milk. A loaf of bread. Whatever it might be. And even if they are funny with you, even if they are rude with you, even if 
they have certain negative connotations to you. You show that we are better. And taking them a gift, etc., what does it do? It only but softens the heart. So, join family ties. And then the Prophet ﷺ, he ended the hadith and he said, And stand up during the night when people are asleep. What will happen if you fulfill these things? You will enter Jannah. And this Jannah is Jannah of As-Salam. The Lord of Peace. Allahu Azza wa Jal. And like we mentioned earlier, but if the sin is regarding committing a sin, then it is incumbent to refrain immediately and not to remain on the sin for an extra second. Let us look at the example and the Sheikh brings the example of riba. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the Quran the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has various ahadith about the severity of riba, of consuming and being involved in usury. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that the one who is involved in riba, it is declaring war with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Imagine, the Lord of the worlds, the Lord that has created the heavens and the earth, the Lord that has created the skies, the sun, the moon, the mountains, the sea, all the creatures. Imagine being at war with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why? Because I want to have a beautiful car. I want to have a beautiful house. So now I need to go to the bank. I need to take out a bond. I need to take out car. Um, money for my car so that we can, a loan so that we can buy. But every single month, because I went to a conventional bank, so every month the interest, it is there. I need to pay this riba. No. Yes, there are alternatives. There are Islamic banking. So use them. Or just go what you can afford. But, no, many of, and this is a reality, that many of the Muslims in this ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, they are involved in the riba. In the riba. They are involved in interest. And then sometimes we wonder, what has happened to my son? What's happening to my daughter? Why is my family upside down? Why am I involved in all types of wrong? But have we ever stepped a step back? Have we ever realized that it's maybe because of what I'm feeding my family? They maybe even realize that I'm so stooped in haram, in interest, for example, in riba. And this is what's affecting my family? So we need to look at this. Sometimes we don't realize Sometimes we don't realize, my beloved brothers and sisters, what we are doing wrong and how it affects 
the family. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the understanding. <coughs> the author then explains and he says that a sin, also for example cheating, lying on people, betraying people's trust. The obligation is that he leaves all these forms off. If he had earned money through a haram means, this is important, it is compulsory on him to return it to its owner or seek forgiveness from him as well, which we will touch a bit later. So someone was involved in some form of haram contracts, whatever it might be, and he earned a lot of money. So he used to go back to the person and explain that I've conned you, etc. And he needs to get rid of this money by giving it to a public sector or an Islamic organization, etc. So they can benefit. Whether he gets reward from this or whether he doesn't, this is between him and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The case of backbiting, of ghiba, is that he must detest, must stay away from this. And he should not be speaking about people and their honor. The next point the author brings, Sheikh Muhammad Salih al-Uthaymin rahimahullah ta'ala, whose explanation we are using, he says that however for an individual claiming to have repented to Allah, while still abandoning obligations, or continues to commit acts of sin, such a repentance will not be accepted. In fact, such a repentance, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, this is a mark of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who is free from all imperfections, who is the Almighty, who is the sublime. How does one repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but you persist in doing wrong? So, Let's look at a human being for example. You say to him, please pardon me for something that I've done. I've done something wrong to you, please forgive me. I'm sorry, I won't repeat it. But whilst you know that, you know, I'm still going to carry on with this. And you keep on repeating this. So this is a human being. How won't he feel? And... There's no example. There's no example with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But this is the Lord of the worlds. This is the one that created myself and yourselves. You say astaghfirullah now, you go out and you do the exact opposite. You disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with that action that you just sought repentance now. Yes, we are weak. And even if you fall into this, turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. La taqunatu, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, La taqunatu me rahmatillah. Never lose hope in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he speaks about a tawbah. Tawbatan nasuha. Ya ayyuha alladhina amanu tubu ila Allahi tawbatan nasuha O you who believe Turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in repentance a true repentance a pure repentance 
a honorable repentance. So hence, the true repentant is the one who ceases to commit his sin. The author carries on, Rahimallahu ta'ala, and he says that strangely you would find a person lamenting about usury, whilst he himself deals in it. And we seek Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's refuge in this. Similarly, someone speaks about backbiting, about slander. Whilst he himself or she himself is a major character assassinator. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect us. Many of us fall into this without realizing. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through his divine names and attributes that he rids us from the sickness of the heart. This is one of the major sicknesses. Ghiba, backbiting, namima, character assassination. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. And then the author says that he may as well criticize lying and lack of trust amongst the people why he himself is a chronic liar and he's a fraudster. And this person, he needs to dig deep into his heart. He needs to look at himself. That I've sinned, I've repented, but I'm still involved in the sin. This does not make sense. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the understanding. Refraining from sin. Refraining from sin could be from a sin pertaining to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's right. For example, it suffices that you repent between you and your Lord. So, you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive you. So, for example, you tell some people about a prohibited act. You committed or an obligation, you abandoned sins that was between you, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is not permissible. So here the author is explaining, it is not permissible for you to tell people about a prohibited act that you committed. We said at the beginning, we'll speak about this about later. Or an obligation that you abandoned since this was between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In fact, Allah Azza wa Jal, He has covered you out of, the, out of His favor for you and screened you from people. Then do not tell anybody about it after you have repented to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, this is a sickness in the community. This is a sickness. It is like a cancer eating on the Muslim Ummah. Let us look at the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and then we carry on. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said that all of my Ummah, kullu ummati, will be pardoned, will be forgiven, except those who publicly announce their sins. For example, someone, he does something during the night. 
He goes to a nightclub. He's involved in drug abuse. Whatever it might be. But Allah has made it such that no one knows about it. No one knows he's involved in this haram. No one knows she's involved in that haram. But what does he do? Or what does she do? We put up pictures. The next day. I went to Justin Bieber concert. I went to this people's concert. I went to this party. I went to this rave. I went to this trans party. Let's put up pictures about it. Let's discuss this on Facebook. Let's put it on Instagram. So the world can see what haram I've been doing. Let me stand with my hand around this non-mahram that I'm not supposed to be with her. Not wearing hijab, but let the whole world see. Allah covered your faults. But what do you do? You expose yourself. The Prophet says in this hadith that he does not, or he, that he does a thing in, during the night, he wakes up, Allah conceals it, but then he says, Oh so and so, I did such and such last night. And this we find. People will come, you know, I don't like using these examples, but sometimes we need to be straightforward. Sometimes we need to say it how it is, so that when our youth listens to this, when our older people listen to this, so that we can understand what we are speaking about. So Allah covered his faults from the night before, but he wakes up the next day. He tells the world that, you know, I smoked this, I drank this, knowing it is haram. Why he does this? This is another discussion on its own. But he puts it on Facebook, he puts it on Instagram, on Twitter, WhatsApp status. He phones his friends, he sits with his friends, he says, you know, what a great night it was last night. We did X, Y and Z. They did not know. Why are you telling them? Yes, you sinned. You know it's wrong. But now you still show off about it? Um, this also brings me to a very important point, And this point I would like to link off with what we spoke about earlier. That if you have committed a sin in the past, don't speak about it all the time. So now you're older. And this, again is a problem, a common issue that we find in our communities. Maybe amongst the older generation a bit more, that they will sit there with their friends or their family and will speak. And you remember when we stayed in District 6, for example, how we did this and how we did that, and this one went out with this one, and this one dated that one, etc. And you hear this every time. There's no need for this. You have... Sin, you made tawbah, you went on hajj, you went on umrah, you, Allah forgave you. You came back from your hajj as a newborn baby, but you still speak about all the wrong you did 20, 30 years ago. And you still smile about it, you laugh about it. There's no need for all of this.
So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect our youth, to protect everyone from this in this ummah from speaking about the wrong that they have done. And this brings us to the next point. The Musannif, rahimahullah ta'ala, he says, However, some scholars, they have said, if a person commits a sin which attracts a prescribed punishment, then it is not wrong for him to go to the Muslim leader who can implement such punishments, such as the ruler, and confess that he had committed such and such a sin and he wants to be cleansed from it. Even at that, the best thing for him is to conceal it and this is the most preferred thing. So what the author is bringing an example, he says that someone in a Muslim country, that is a Muslim country, Muslim leader, etc. And he's done certain things that's wrong, the person. So he goes to the Amir, he goes to the leader and he says, you know, um, like this is the punishment for zina and I've committed zina and I would like this punishment to be carried out on me. Because he wants to be cleansed on this dunya. So if he does this, some of the ulama say it's fine. Some of the ulama say that it is even best for him not to go and go tell him, make tawbah, etc. And when he meets Allah on the day of Qiyamah, inshallah Allah bi'ithnillahi will forgive him as well and there won't be a punishment. The author then explains and he says that it is allowed for him to go to the ruler. Right? And he uses the example of zina as well. So he says to the ruler, that I have done such and such and I desire to be punished as I mentioned and implement this punishment as it is an expiation for one sins. But as for other sins, it is best to keep them between you and Allah who subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he accepts the repentance from his servants and he overlooks their wrongdoings. But if the sin is due to Adami or other human beings, for example, it involves money, then it is essential that you return it to its owner. For example, you stole something from someone. Part of your repentance is that you need to settle it with the person. If they write it off or they say it's fine, you don't need to pay me back, etc., then this is fine. But you need to go. You stole a hundred rand. You stole a thousand dollars. You made tawbah. You need to go. You need to return. You need to set up something. I can pay you back monthly, etc. And the author gives an example of money that was stolen. Later on you return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in tawbah. The stolen wealth needs to be returned to its rightful owner. And likewise... You are, or if someone denies an individual of his rights, for instance, you are indebted to a person and you deny it and then you repay it. You must go to him, confess to him so that he takes back its rights. And this is obviously before he passes away. If he passes away, you need to give it to his ears. If you do not know them or a man is suddenly disappeared and you know not his abode, then give the money out in charity on his behalf and this is ridding yourself of it. 
So sometimes, you know, maybe you were a bit younger, you lived in a particular place, wherever it might be. And you maybe took something you weren't supposed to take. You maybe owed the tuck shop money, the institute that you studied, whatever it might be. And you left, etc., and you still never paid them. And it might be hard for you to go to this place. Maybe it's overseas, maybe it's in another province, etc. You can't get hold of them. So what do you do? So the author is saying, give out sadaqah. Equivalent to that was 300 dollars, 500 rand, whatever it might be. So you take a 500 rand or 100 rand every month, whatever. Work it out yourself. This is on behalf of this person because I had a debt that did not pay them. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will show them this on the day of Qiyamah. Again, if the sin is against a human being, for example, you beat them. You smack them. Whatever it might be, you need to go to them and they need to take recompense. So you beat someone on his back. You beat someone on his head. So you need to go back to the person. Take revenge. And this is based on what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says. لَعَلَّنَا نَتَّبِعُ السَّحْرَةَ إِنْ كَانُوا هُمُ الْغَالِبِينَ The recompense for an evil is an evil like it thereof. So you broke someone's finger, right? You go to him. It's my finger, except whatever it might be. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also says in Surah Al-Baqarah that whomsoever transgresses the prohibition against you, you transgress likewise against him. So if it was done through speech, and this, my beloved brothers and sisters, using these examples is extremely important. Because this happens in our daily society. Every single day we find this. We are inundated with questions. People ask us these questions quite regularly. So this is why we need to explain. And again, if it was done through speech, then that is to say that harm caused with a speech such as having abused him publicly or rebuked or humiliated him, then it is essential for you to issue apologies to him according to whatever conclusions you both reach. If he says, I will not forgive you, until you give me or you give so and so a dirham, then you have to give it. With regards to backbiting, you had made slanderous comments, you defamed him, etc. in front of people and he was not there. Scholars, they hold different views regarding this. Some say that you need to approach him and say, oh so and so, I slandered you publicly, kindly forgive me and pardon me. Others say, you do not, the other view is you do not go to him it rather requires further explanation or it might cause more harm if you're going to go to him. So if he did not know or if he knew about this backbiting, then you must approach him for pardon. But if he did not know about it, seek forgiveness for him and give some sadaqah, ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive you, etc. Because in al-hasanat yudhibna sahiat. That indeed good deeds, it wipes out your evil ones.
The most correct view regarding this issue is that if the individual wasn't aware that you stranded him, it suffices for you to mention his virtues in the same gathering. So what you can do, you maybe had a group of three people, you spoke evil about someone else. So now you mention his virtues in the same gathering and you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive him. You could say, oh Allah forgive him as we find in the next hadith. The expiation regarding an individual you backbite is to seek forgiveness for him. As the Prophet says, and while repenting the rights must return to the rightful owners. So one of the main reasons why the ulama say that it might be better not to tell him for the reason that obviously it's going to hurt him. Secondly, it might make the relationship between you and such a person even worse. So the best is you speak good about him now, you mention his good qualities. In the gathering that you spoke bad about him, you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive any shortcomings that he has. May Allah forgive you as well. And maybe take a few dollars, a few rials, a few rands and give it out in sadaqah on his behalf. The fourth condition of Tawbah, the determination never to repeat it in future. And by this, or if you still mean to do it again, whenever an opportunity arises, then this is not good repentance. So someone is involved in drug abuse. So he says, you know, I'm not going to, Allah forgive me, I'm not going to use drugs anymore. Half an hour later he says, but you know, uh, if I'm with so and so, I might just smoke a bit of weed. I might just take a line of cocaine, whatever it might be. So know that this is not a tawbah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would accept. So someone who uses his possessions in disobedience to Allah, he buys intoxicants, he travels to foreign countries to do haram, commit illicit sexual intercourse, whatever it might be. And we seek refuge with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he saves us from this. So he had these intentions. He was someone that had money. Then he later on he was afflicted with poverty. So he says, oh Allah, I repent to you. But he is lying. He's still desirous that if things return back to its former state, he's going to do this haram. This is not a true repentance. This is an ineffective Repentance. Whether you repent or not, you do not have the capability to commit the act of disobedience. Some people would be afflicted with poverty and so they say, I have refrained from sins. Yet he says to himself that if what he lost returns to him, he would go back to the sin again. Such repentance is not accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The fifth condition. The fifth condition is that the repentance should be during the time or the repentance should be during the time repentance will be accepted. If he repents at a time where repentance ceases to be accepted, the repentance will not benefit him and that is of two forms. So what the author is saying, time plays a role with regards to tawbah as well. So now we're going to look at these two forms. 
The first form, yani that which is relating to each individual. And the second form is that which is general. As for the first one, relating to each individual. Repentance must be before the end of time or before the appointed time. Yani before his death. So he's on the verge of dying. The ruh is coming out. Now I seek forgiveness. Now I want to repent. No, this needs to be done before the time. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَيْسَتِ التَّوْبَةُ لِلَّذِينَ يَعْمَلُونَ السَّيِّئَاتِ حَتَّى إِذَا حَضَرَ أَحَدَهُمُ الْمَوْتُ قَالَ إِنِّي تُبْتُ الْآنِ وَلَلَّذِينَ يَمُوتُونَ وَهُمْ كُفَّارُ أُولَئِكَ أَعْتَدْنَا لَهُمْ عَذَابًا أَلِيمًا Surah An-Nisa verse 18 And it is of no effect, it is of no avail that you repent or you be of those who repent of those who continue to do evil deeds until death faces one of them and then you say, now I repent. So you cannot want to be involved in sin. You cannot want to be involved in haram. And now you lie on your deathbed. Your ruh is going to be taken. The angel of death appears. And now you say, I want to repent. There is no repentance for this. Cannot say now I want to repent. This is the end of it. But your whole life you have the chance to turn to Allah. Turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even if you fall into it again. Ask Allah to take you out. You fall again. Ask Allah to take you out. One day it's going to go. One day it's going to become sincere. Sometimes people they feel that we are so evil. That Allah is not going to forgive us. I'm so bad. That Allah is not going to forgive us. Turn to Allah Azza wa Jalla. لا تقنطوا As I mentioned earlier, Allah says لا تقنطوا من رحمة الله Never lose hope in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says فَلَمَّا رَأُوا بَأْسَنَا So when they saw the punishment قالوا, they said Amanna billah that now we believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wahdahu in Allah alone wa bima kunna bihi mushrikeen and reject all that we used to associate with him as partners. Afwan Falam Yaku Yanfa'uhum Imanuhum But then or then their faith could not avail them. Lama ra'u ba'sana sunnata Allahi allati qad khalat fi ibadihi wa khasirahu nalika al-kafirun. Then their faith could not avail them when they saw our punishment. And like this, it had been the way of Allah in dealing with his slaves. And they, the disbelievers lost at it. So here Allah again is saying that a group of people, they will come. When they see their punishment, they will say that now we believe and we reject what we believed in first. Allah is going to say, it is too late. And they will be afflicted with the punishment. So when an individual faces death during his last moments, he would have lost any hope of life and such his repentance at this point is out of place. After losing hope of living and knowing that he will not live long, 
He then starts repenting. This repenting is due to a compelling circumstance. As such, it will not benefit him. Neither will it be accepted from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Repentance is to come before this moment. The second form is general. That which Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, immigration will not cease until repentance ends. And repentance will not cease until the sun rises from its place of set. Meaning, when the sun rises from its opposite direction, then repentance will no longer be an advantage to anyone. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, أَوْ يَأْتِيَ رَبُّكَ أَوْ يَأْتِيَ بَعْدُ آيَاتٍ رَبِّكَ يَوْمَ يَأْتِي بَعْدُ آيَاتٍ رَبِّكَ لَا يَنْفَعُ نَفْسَ إِيمَانُهَا لَمْ تَكُنْ آمَنَتْ مِنْ قَبْلُ أَوْ كَسَبَتْ فِي إِيمَانِهَا خَيْرًا that the day of that some of the signs of your Lord come to pass, no benefit, or it will bring no benefit for any person to believe in it. If he had not believed before, nor earned good through his faith. So here the phrase some of the signs in this verse refers to rising of the sun from its opposite direction. The Prophet ﷺ explained this. And hence it is essential that repentance comes at a time that it will be accepted. Otherwise the individual's repentance will not be accepted. The scholars may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward them abundantly. They hold different opinions about whether repentance will be accepted while the individual commits other sins or not. And here we find three opinions. Number one. Amongst them are those of the view that repentance from a particular sin is acceptable even if the person commits other sins. So his repentance from the sin will be accepted and it is different to that of other sins. Number two, other ulama say repentance will not be accepted for the sin if he continues upon other sins. Number three, some others expiate that. If the sin is he persists in a sin similar to one he's repenting from, the repentance will not be accepted. Otherwise it will be accepted, for instance, a man who repents from consuming riba. And the refuge is sought from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from this. But he drinks alcohol and he persists on this as well. So some of the ulama, they say his repentance from usury, from riba will not be accepted. How can he claim to be repenting to Allah whilst indulging in another sin? Certain others amongst the people of knowledge, they say it will be accepted because riba is one thing and drinking alcohol is something completely different. So the apparent view to Shaykh Uthaymin ta'ala is that repentance will be accepted regarding a sin despised indulgence in another sin according to the correct view. Hence, there is a difference of opinion on this and some of them hold that it is accepted while others say it will not be accepted. But what seems again to be the correct view is that it will be accepted because it is two different sins. The Sheikh then carries on and he says that if it is a kind such as when an individual and we seek Allah's forgiveness is afflicted with for example zina. Right, illicit sexual intercourse and lustful gazes at women or the opposite. So now will his repentance from this be accepted while he is still glancing at women or vice versa. 
So this is also differently viewed. Some of them hold the view that the repentance is sound, and some of them are those or those who say that it won't be accepted because the two are linked together. They say that zina is one thing, but looking at a woman also leads to zina. However, again, the opinion that the Sheikh takes is that the repentance of from the particular sin while persisting in another will be accepted. However, that he should not be referred to as a someone that repented in the absolute sense because he's still doing certain wrongs. Even though he repented from the sin and its liability shall be lifted off, he does not deserve the attribute of absolute repentance because he's still involved in something that is wrong and Allah knows best. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in various ahadith he speaks about tawbah Allah speaks about tawbah in various verses and bi'ithnillahi ta'ala in next week's lesson lesson number 9 we'll start with the ahadith of the book or the second chapter with regards to tawbah we'll look at certain ayat as well as we move on and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us success. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive our shortcomings. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant all those that are sick shifa. All those that are going through whatever difficulty it might be in life. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala eases these, their affairs. Wa sallallahu ala sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik ashadu wa la ilaha illa astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.